And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog, recovering from COVID uh, alongside, remotely, the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Man, what a drama-filled weekend, Sleep. Um, I'm really excited about this podcast. You know we love drama here at SHWW. Uh, super excited about this one. God, man, more drama than Kanye's whole you know sphere right now in sports. Uh, we got UNC blowing the doors off Georgia Tech again, looking great in the process. We're going to get into that in a minute. We'll kick, that, kick things off with that. Uh, NFL playoffs, dude. Enough to talk until the next podcast about what went down uh, as we're recording Monday. What went down yesterday, Sunday? What went down Saturday? Uh, what's about to go down tonight? And all the fallout coming from all that sort of stuff. So there's plenty, dude, of content coming out of the NFL, which we love to talk about. And then um, you know, a couple other things we might get into. We've got uh, Djokovic is, uh, you know, getting kicked out of the Australian Open, which is a pretty interesting storyline for a number of reasons. Maybe we touch on that. Maybe we decide eh, we don't really want to get in that shit. But uh, let's get started here. We got UNC beating Georgia Tech. Um, polls are due out here around any minute now as we're recording you won't get this till um till tomorrow and we'll probably know where we're at maybe by the end of the, the recording here but the heels are looking good um we've got one one loss i think against a team that's not ranked um took care of business again at home against georgia tech and looked like i said just great i thought and then you know we got miami as you're listening to this it'll be tonight um so Got a big game ahead. Miami's number one in the conference right now. Uh, we are number tied with Duke for number two. Looking good. Uh, what do you think, I guess, T, about you know how we looked against Georgia Tech, how we look in general, and what our prospects are going forward? You know, I, I'm not sure um, Georgia Tech is a team to really gauge your barometer uh, on how good this team's going to be or, you know, kind of gauge where we're headed. Um, but what I do like from the game, I like that we always talk about assists to turnovers. I'll just start out saying uh, we had 20 assists to 13 turnovers, which anytime you're up in the 20s and assists, especially in college, you're going to have a great night. And I think the team has really found their confidence, especially at home and playing well together. I do like the manic and the chemistry that he's providing uh, and what he's playing. I think he's been great for this team. Like in college, you don't see these five-year guys and the experience and what, you know, four years of college can really do until you see somebody like Brady who, who has an impact beyond stats. Now he had 11 points, five rebounds and four assists, but those four assists are huge. And also if you watch how he's talking on defense, Okay, making the little plays. And I thought last week against Virginia, he had one of the best plays where he could have clearly gone up for a dunk, a wide open breakaway, and then just dished it back. I think it was maybe Armando or somebody just for a tomahawk jam. But, no, this team is really playing well, and I think they're getting their confidence and getting some chemistry about them. Uh, The one person who is obviously on another planet right now is Armando. Armando had 29 points and 12 rebounds, and – I think the last game he had a 2020 game. Yep. So he, he's been playing unbelievable. And I really like, you know, it looks like he's committed to rebounding and just being the guy around the rim and really embracing that. I like that. He's starting to use angles and position and running the floor and getting his confidence. He's also making free throws, which is a big deal. Yeah, I know free throws are your thing, Sleep. And, oh, yeah. And I, I think, think no Sleep Dog can do on the court. <laughs> well, I think I think Armando's in, in consideration right now, at least in talks for being uh, considered for the ACC Player of the Year. I think he's having that type of season right now. Now, whether he can sustain that or not, we'll we'll find out. But I think he's putting himself in that conversation. And I also like RJ. I think RJ's playing well. Uh, we know when he plays well and he scores and he's aggressive and he has that mindset. This team has shown very good flashes of, you know, being a tough team to beat when he's confident playing well. Obviously, Caleb had a really good game, too. So that was my take on it. Uh, I don't think Georgia Tech is a tough team this year, but 
uh, I thought we did what we can. And you can't knock a team for playing well against, you know, what their schedule says or who they're playing against. Yeah, you got to beat the teams that they put in front of you, man. And uh, and and this is the thing that I get excited about is, yeah, I mean, dude, you should have won that game, right? But what was the spread? Eight? And, you know, so that game was was supposed to be a lot closer um, than it was. And we took care of business, man, and the good teams that we've had. Uh, you know, you said, you said it, man. Uh, good teams win. Great teams cover. And we've looked mm-hmm. a lot better lately. <clears throat> and... Uh, you know, I just think we're really kind of coming together, and 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 I think you know at this point, Baycott is a shoe in for first team All ACC, and you know, right in the mix, you know, he might not win um, just sheerly out of popularity. You know, you got Banchero or whatever, and some of these other guys that 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 everybody's in love with, but you know, just pure production and and pure like you know, you have that constant MVP debate is like is MVP the best player on the best team, or is he the truly the most valuable player? And I think right now, you know, Baycott is, is, is extraordinarily valuable because of the way, you know, Carolina is running their sets, right? We've talked a lot about this mm-hmm. at various points over the year, you know, that spreading the floor works when you got a guy inside that prevents the defense from, from cheating outside to, to cover. Right. And then, so we've got a great blend, I think this year of, of shooters and then Bay cottage monster downstairs, right? Like, um, I, you know, we're really playing really well. We're going to talk about, you know, we have, we're at Miami again, as you're listening at Miami tonight, and that's a big game for us. That's one where you win that one on the road, dude, all of a sudden, I think we go from. I'm going to argue here shortly that we sh- we're a top 25 team at this point. I don't think we're way in there. You know, we've had some losses, but they, those losses were earlier in the season. If you win that game at Miami, you've sort of asserted yourself as like at least in contention with Duke to to be the top dog in the ACC. And and the other thing, man, is we're nine and zero at home. You know, so I mean, we're just. I think we're just playing well. I think there's a lot of signals you can look into the stats and we can look at who's playing where and how they're playing and what they're doing and offensive structures and you know turning the ball over and all those sort of things. But then you can also just sort of look at the eye test and you look at them and they just look markedly better than we've looked in a couple of years. And um, and the team's fun to watch right now, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're having fun playing. So I'm happy with with where we're at as a fan for sure. No, and you bring up a great point, sleep. Uh, you talk about Armando being in consideration for player of the year for the ACC. And you talk about MVP, whether it should go to, you know, a guy who has the most value or the guy on the best team. And I think that's an interesting conversation because I always think you take from that, you take a little bit of both. Um, I'm not a big fan of, Hey, um, this guy is the ACC player of the year, but his team won four or five games and he was out there with three minutes throwing up, you know, shooting yeah. threes and just putting up these ridiculous stats. When in reality, the true player of the year should go to somebody who probably helped their team drastically. It shouldn't be. I think it should be more often an eye test because those stats can be so skewed. Yeah. Uh, you can look at efficiency and their efficiency rating. But to me, it's a contrast of both. But, you know, you bring up a good point. Nine and zero at home. That is a sign of a young team. And the reason I say that is because you got to be able to take that mentality of what you do at home and you got to travel with that. Okay. You bring that mindset, you take it to any arena you go into and that's the team you are. It can't be a team situationally based on whether you're comfortable, your routine, the crowds are with you. No, you got to be that team. That's what the great teams do is they show up uh, whether the crowds pull for them or against them. And I think that's the next step with this team. I really, really like the direction that they're going and I'm not going to, you know, pick them apart because they're making progress and they have shown potential. And you're right. Miami is a huge game and Miami is a top team in the ACC, whether they meet the eye test or not, they have the best record and they beat Duke. And so this would be good for us to go into Miami and show some consistency where we don't just all of a sudden take nights off, especially like we did in Notre Dame, you know, kind of show who we are. Um, So I'm excited about it. Dude, I'm literally looking at some of the uh, some of the you know the box score and stuff here, and I'm going to ask a question that um, I think just fans would love to ponder here. And I'm I'm seeing where uh, I'm trying to pull up the rankings here. Auburn has jumped to number two, and I think actually the poll just came out because 
Baylor is no longer number one. It did while we were talking. Uh, Carolina is still not on it. Wow. No love mm-hmm. whatsoever. Uh, Gonzaga is up to number one. Auburn is number two. And what I'm interested about is, God, could you just imagine? So Auburn beat Ole Miss in this last game. 13 straight wins for Auburn. Kessler scores 20 and gets 10 boards. Man, what if this team had him too? I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, listen, we don't. Right. So whatever. But it's fun to think about. And as a fan, right, like I wonder if he make that much of a difference or, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, I think if we got him, your your national championship contender, probably. If, I mean, if he can somehow fit into the rotation, I mean, he, he's got a jump shot. Right. Like anyway, I just keep seeing him pop up and I I'd kind of forgotten about him in the early parts of the season. And he got just straight dunked on the other night by somebody. And I, I sent a, a message out to our group chat. And then I started digging into how he's doing. And he's doing pretty damn good. And which, of course, we said it before, man. I wish the best for the guys. It's like not 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 in any way coming from a bad place. But I don't know. It's fun to think about um, where we'd be with him. But no, I think you listen. Kessler's a hell of a player. We didn't, you know, I don't. I think he's a very, very good player. And I think he's going to have a chance to play at the next level. And whatever team he's on, he's going to have a big impact because of his size. Um, he does. I mean, he has good hands. Um, but, you know, the one thing that he, he didn't really have his confidence because his minutes were a little inconsistent at Carolina. Right. And, you know, it's always interesting to see what could have been. I mean, what if Cole Anthony would have stayed? Mm-hmm. What yep. if, uh, you know, we still had Kobe White? You know, we would be, you know, <laughs> we would be clearly the top dog. Oh yeah. But you know what what these rankings show is, you know, it's obviously it's everybody's prediction. And right. but to me, you know, when you when you actually watch the games and you watch teams play, you understand that yeah, these rankings are cool. You know, it shows you kind of the progress your team has made and also it shows you where you would fall uh if the tournament would start. That's the way I look at it. But when I watch these games and I have the eye test, you know how I feel. I think there's teams out there that are in the top 10, but they don't meet the eye test. What right. I mean by are they, will they go into the NCAA tournament? Do I think they can prove themselves? Do they have the potential to win it? Um, or are they just playing these, these teams and just winning these games where you're like, how are they winning these games? But, you know, when I look at it, I think Baylor's a great team. Mm-hmm. I think Purdue's a good team. I think Gonzaga is a good team. I hate to say it, but, you know, Duke has potential. I'm not sure. They have definitely have the talent. But those, to me, those are the, probably the – Alabama is actually a very good team in the ACC. Mm-hmm. They uh, – SEC, SEC, they yeah. beat yeah, – SEC, they beat uh, Gonzaga, and they have a point guard. You said this, Sleep. We talked about this on the text. That guy is athletic, and he is – he's very good. Uh, yep. And that team is tough. I like that team. But those, to me, those are the real teams. And Carolina, listen, if we can be consistent and we didn't have those those nights off like we saw in Notre Dame and Tennessee, this we would be talking about this team in consideration. But, you know, the <laughs> after what we saw in some of these games, like you, you got to have that mentality for my eye test to really say they're battle tested. Yeah. And this is a team they're they're going to go. Yeah, you got to wonder if we could bring that Purdue performance in the big games. You got to wonder where we're mm-hmm. at, right? Losing, we we said it at the time. Losing that game, we felt like we would have been fine, uh, and we followed it with a loss to Tennessee. You know, Tennessee's a ranked team. They played all right, and Kentucky is a ranked team. I think I think maybe Tennessee might have fallen out because they lost to Kentucky this weekend. Nonetheless, I mean, we've had three. Fine, you lose three of those games. Problem is, you lost all of them. And then the Notre Dame game, right? So, again, rankings really don't matter with this team. It's almost good to be uh, kind of the underdog. Now, you don't want to draw, you know, a freaking three seed, uh, you know, matchup in the tournament or something like that. But, you know, you keep on this course and you won't. You'll be fine. Um, so, you know, again, the, there's a lot of good teams out there. I think this whole one and done era has really shaken up a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, the who's who of who you see up there. And, and really, you know, we talk about this a lot. It boils down to, I think one of the things that UNC has is uh, they're developing chemistry. They've got guys on the team that have been there more than a year. And, you know, look, you can go up against the difference today versus 10, 15 years ago um, is, I think, good teams are more susceptible now than they were 10 years ago to be upset because 
you know, now good teams. You mentioned Duke. Duke is Duke. I hate to say it, but Duke is a great team. They're very talented, right? But Duke is so susceptible to getting beat, as you can, as you see by the kinds of games they lose, because they have a lot of these guys that I don't care how much of a team guy you are, how much you think you believe in the whole, you know, bigger picture. I mean, when you're a one and done guy and you're playing to get paid, it's a different mentality in a way that you can't even control, in my opinion. Like somewhere rooted deep down, you may even want to be, you know, all team all the time, but something in there is thinking about me first. And, you know, when you get teams that have been together for three or four years, you know, those teams are going to, they're going to capitalize when you have, and it's inevitable when you have an off night. Now, can can a team like Duke win the national championship? Of course they can. They can string five, six games in a row and, and, and be great. But the deeper they get, they're more susceptible. You know, you, you, you can't get by, I don't think, uh, as, as much as you used to be able to with, with that kind of mentality. And this is the whole point I'm trying to make here is that's what I feel like UNC has is like, they're not the best team. I think they're on the fringe of the top 25. Um, I think on any given night, that's the question I ask myself on any given night, can we beat any other team? I think if I'm being honest, I think on any given night, we can beat most teams, but that game against Purdue, for example, that was any given night, man. We brought it, mm-hmm. and Purdue was that good where they beat us anyway. And I still think that there's probably four or five teams that on any given night, we bring it. They they have a you know at least a, a solid game from their perspective. They're probably still going to win. But and I, and I think that's the real difference in, in can a team like this win a national championship or like get to the Sweet 16? Right now, I feel like they definitely can make a tournament run and maybe you get to the Sweet 16 and maybe even maybe even get to the Elite Eight. I do think there's a ceiling. Um, but if you kind of rewind and think about where we were at the beginning of the year, you know, that kind of ceiling is, I think, a hell of a lot higher than some people that were worried. I mean, I think we were, you know, we were ranked early on, but we've learned that that lesson the hard way. I don't know, man. I think we keep trending higher is is all I'm all I'm trying to say. And uh, that's a good place to be for us. Sleep. Listen, if you were to ask me, are there 15 teams better than North Carolina in college basketball right now? I would say no. I agree. And that is hard for me to believe that they're not a top 25 team. And a lot of these teams that play these cupcake schedules and have these great records, people haven't figured out that that doesn't equate. Like these teams that go out there and play teams and play a tough schedule um, and actually go on the road, I've seen that Duke hasn't even gone on the road much. Right. And the fact that no one's really talked about that or criticized for their cupcake schedule up to this point is shows you the whole media love for Duke that's going on. And honestly, uh, it's kind of – it's kind of complicated why people wouldn't mention that, but yeah, this team, this team ceiling, listen, I never, you know, what we did when we won it in 2017 with, was that a national championship team in my, in my eyes? No, they exactly. weren't, that, they weren't. And so the, I never, I would never put a ceiling on a team, but I get what you're saying, but this team is capable of, Hey, if we get, if we play our cards right and we become the team, we have Caleb Love, yep. potential NBA player. We have Armando Baycott, one of the best players in college, potential NBA guy. And we have other players that really haven't gotten their confidence yet, could really catch their stride. I'm not putting past anything on this team. Dude, and I agree. And this team, like you said, any given night, we show a little more consistency. I don't care. You line them up and we'll come play you. I think we have the potential to be a cusp of a good, great team. Yeah. I think we have that. Uh-huh. I agree, man. And and you, you look at some of the pieces that, that – still need to flesh themselves out like like Garcia who had the concussion mm-hmm. you know he didn't have the best game last game but he's kind of getting back in the mix man and then like guy like Kerwin Walton I mean any of these guys start to get a little minutes and get a few minutes behind him and and, and uh starting to get some momentum going you're exactly right I'm sitting here looking at Duke they beat Kentucky in the first game of the year mm-hmm. and a neutral site I think they beat Gonzaga at home by three. That's a big win. I mean, you, however you want to call it. And they lost to Miami at home. Mm-hmm. And other than that, dude, they got nothing. I mean, they tell got a me, bunch of scrubs. Tell uh, me when, when's the last time they went on the road? Uh, let's see. The last time they went on the road ah, was a loss at Ohio State. Missed that one. And what, then, what's, the, dude, what's the date on that? I don't even know, dude. It's way up the schedule. It's been... In fairness to them, they've had two road games postponed. They just won at Wake Forest, which is the equivalent of coming over at Sleep Dog's driveway and uh, and getting a five-on-one and beating him by yourself. And they only won by 12. 
Uh, Wake sucks. And um, so three road games at Ohio State, two road games this year. Unbelievable. I do think the UK was a, was a neutral site. So give them credit for it. Three. Uh, yeah, dude. And um, they will have a stretch. Yeah, this is some Duke shit right here. They don't have many. I mean, they they went out of conference and, and basically played all their games at home. Yeah, you're right, dude. Yeah, we scheduled. Didn't we go to Boston? I'm not sure. We scheduled. Listen, UCLA canceled on us. We went to Vegas and we played Kentucky. We got uh-huh. blasted, but yep. we went up there and we played. Mm-hmm. We played them. We mm-hmm. didn't just. Um, Kentucky's up to 10 you know, in the country right now, by the way. Th- they yeah, are, by the way, the, the, our losses have happened to pretty good teams, except for probably the Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, but, and also Kentucky has a player of the year candidate in Tshiwi and Oscar, <laughs> who's playing extremely well. <laughs> well, it's crazy too, because we're not getting a lot of credit for the ACC is the issue with the rankings. And look, we keep, we're going, I keep going back to the rankings, but I'm looking at all these other teams. I mean, Alabama's a good team. They've lost six games. Tennessee's a good team. They've lost five games. Mm-hmm. Seton Hall just jumped four spots in the ranks. They've lost five games. Texas Tech's lost four games. Ohio State has lost four games. Villanova is 14, and they've lost four games. Michigan State is 10, and they've lost three. So there's a lot of teams in the, in the top 25 that have lost a lot of games, and what that tells me is we're not getting any credit you know, we've won four ACC games at this point, but we're not getting any credit for for playing them. I mean, and like I said, all the all the really solid teams we've played, you know, I think I think we've lost. So uh, this Miami game will be a, a big, you know, if, if we go down to get, go down to Miami and beat Miami and then I don't know who we'll have um, who we'll have after that. But if, if we win both our games this week, you know, you got to be in the top 25 next week. But again. You know, I, I keep going in on the top twenty-five, and and and, and truthfully, who really gives a shit? But uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we're I think we're definitely definitely playing well. Um, anything else on the on the on the heels before we jump into the playoffs? No, I would rather not get into that because I can really go off on a tangent. Uh, if we if we pick a subject, I can get there. But no, I'm 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 happy what we covered right there. Walker Kessler's four blocks um, a game. He's he's, he's, he's playing second, really well, man. Second I just in the country. He's second in the country next to a guy in Western Kentucky who I think the guy at Western Kentucky is like 7'4", seven, 7'5". Seven, <laughs> and the reason I know this, I've watched Western Kentucky play. It shows you how much free time I have at night sometimes. <laughs> uh, but they, Western Kentucky is in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And people who don't know them, their mascot is a hilltopper. But they had this guy, 7'4", seven, 7'5", seven, who was an absolute project. I think he came from JUCO. But he is skinny, but man, he he's he moves well for a seven four seven five guy, and he impacts the game. And you know, sometimes you take on these people who they look okay, man. I see where we can go with this guy, and they have a picture. But currently, right now, listen, you are not near what we want, but we'll take you because the risk rewards of what you could be kind of way out. Like if you're a bust, okay, yeah, we see that. But the reward of you being what we think you could be is so great that we'll take you. And that's what happened with this kid. Yeah, they got a, a lot of stuff going on. It's an interesting, a lot of interesting storylines. March is going to be, uh, is perennially becoming more unpredictable. And, and it promises to be, um, again, this year. Something that was very predictable was the Steelers getting the doors blown off last night. Um, who didn't see that one coming? Even Big Ben's mom knew that shit was going to happen. Uh, the Dallas game was insane. Uh, let's see. Raiders, Bengals. Like, I, dude, I'm high on Joe Burrow. I think that guy's going to be the one. You know, he, he's your next, like Aaron Rodgers. Dude, he made some throws in that game. I know you don't, you aren't like a like an X's and O's football guy, and I damn sure ain't either. But I watched – do you want to talk about the eye test, dude? I watched some of the throws that dude made, and I was like, that. those are different level uh, throws than, than you see from some of these other guys. That was an interesting game. The Buffalo-New England thing I think was interesting in how it was a blowout. Um, and then the the Bucks eagles everybody saw that coming. So uh, got to start with this Dallas thing last night, man. Um, as Again, as you're listening, it'll be Sunday night. But um, – his afternoon game, Dallas, true to form, they, they show up. They got a home playoff game. They're like riding high. They got all these guys on defense. They're supposed to be great. Got San Francisco comes in there. It's hot and uh, <laughs> winds up winning a game. And Dallas, it was like it couldn't have been. a. If you don't like Dallas and old sleep, man, he's a Washington football team fan. So I hate Dallas. And if you don't like Dallas, man, it couldn't have ended in a much better way. The dudes, they got like 10 seconds left. And they run a quarterback draw. And then 
run out of time because the referee has to legally touch the ball. And it's funny because now everybody it's, you know, I'm going to jump to the defense of, you know, the pro Dallas people, everybody and their mother hates Dallas so bad, including myself that they're like, Oh, well the, the referees got to touch. Like who knew that the referee had to touch the ball uh, before yesterday? I didn't. Um, Nonetheless, dude, I'm watching the replay. Dak runs the ball and it's like the referee is like 50 yards behind the play. And it's almost as like they get up and the referee realizes like, oh, shit, man, I got to go up there and touch the ball. So he's running as fast as he can to get there, just plows through the line. Like you can tell he's like not sure what to do either. He grabs the ball and like moves a little bit, totally pointless, and then runs out of the way. And then the Dallas fans just start throwing trash at the referees and they need to be throwing trash at their team Mm -hmm. because their team is trash. But, you know, I'm not saying the referee couldn't have been a little sharper, but dude, it's like you took that risk and you knew that you were, you were playing with dynamite and it should blow up in your face and you lost the game that you really never should have had a chance to win anyway. But um, anyway, dude, I thought that game was, was, a comedy of errors, pretty much the entire second half. Both teams' assholes were so tight because they didn't want to lose. Neither one of them was playing to win that game. Yeah, if they would have farted, they would have whistled. Uh, but <laughs> listen, even fact checker, she was like, "Why did they run the ball with 14 seconds left?" And it was, it was like, "Hey, listen, it was not a smart decision." Um, and Mike McCartney has taken heat over this year for the way he's managed games late. <laughs> It was uh, obviously – I did not know that official had to touch the ball when it got to the line of scrimmage. But obviously that makes sense, right? Because if you were to leave yeah. it up to the players, I mean – Yeah, they're going to put the ball six there. feet, you know, yeah, past the line. I would line, do yeah. what well, – you know, we all had that competitive, yeah. uh, you know, gray line area that we like to tiptoe. Um, but, listen, it was a dumb play. And the you can't blame the officials. They, they honestly, he did his job. You should have known the rules better. Um, it sounded like Tony Romo, when I was watching it live, he said the official has to touch the ball, the official. And, you know, all these other guys now on Monday, everyone knows that the official has to touch the ball. Yep. And the quarterback, former quarterbacks are like, you're supposed to give the ball to the official. They said Larry yep. Fitzgerald was known for this. Um, but it was uh, the Cowboys deserve this. I, I just don't know how anybody outside of Dallas could be a Cowboys fan. Um, I passionately dislike the Cowboys. <laughs> it's like they're worse than the Yankee fans that aren't yep. even from New York. Yep. And it is – I just – I loved every minute of it. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm jumping on the 49ers bandwagon, but I'm pulling for them. No fact think, checker, man. Nothing wrong with pulling for her. There's a little now. outside influence for that. Yeah. And I like to see people – um, that I'm close with get joy out of their team winning as long as I don't hate the team. Right. So that's where Dude, I'm at with that. It was fun because because it was fun. You know, everybody either loves to love the Cowboys or you love to hate them. There is no in between. Nobody's like, eh, I mean, I don't mind the Cowboys. Um, and and it's funny to me. I'm sitting here with this article in front of me about how you know everybody's defending. Like this is what gets me. In the post-game press conference, and I get emotions are running high, but somebody asked Dak about the fans throwing trash at the referees. Mm-hmm. And, da- and, and Dak, quote, says, credit to them. Like, dude, what the fuck? You literally, honestly, you didn't have it. The only reason. So here's the other thing I hate about these, these arguments, right? They're acting like Dallas is acting like because this dude spotted took an extra nanosecond to spot the ball because you took this risk and he took an extra nanosecond to spot that ball that somehow they cost you the game mm-hmm. let's say you spike the ball you still have to score a touchdown and Zorline, who's missed like 600 he's got about as good a chance of kicking the ball through the uprights on an extra point as i do has missed a billion of them he's still got to convert the extra point and there's so much pressure you know his leg might fall off and you know, you somehow acting like these guys stole the game from you. You're a shit sport. Um, you know, San Francisco, let's face it. They couldn't get out of their way. You could see the body language on everybody to coach on down, you know, trying to figure out what the hell to do to not lose that game. Right. You know, they're calling timeouts because their dudes are on the field running on and off. They don't know what's going on. You had that one situation where, um, 
uh, yo, so Dallas, dude, they faked that punt. Remember, they faked the punt. Mm-hmm. And then their idea was to get back up to the line and run another play. In my opinion, brilliant strategy. You convert, they're back on their heels. The punters lined up as like a receiver and you run a wildcat. Wow, great idea. They couldn't get out of their own fucking way on that one. So they line up, they screw it up. Then they, then they try to let, they're like, oh, wait a second. We don't know what we're doing. Let's make a substitution. Then they run a substitution. And guess what? They have to burn that timeout. Mm-hmm. Timeout they really could have used when Dak decided he wanted to run with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. So, dude, there's a comedy of things that you could blame this on besides the referees that are standing right there in the mirror. So I have no you know sympathy whatsoever for the fact, and this isn't even a bias situation, right? Like, this isn't like, oh, I hate the Cowboys, so I'm going to jump on that. This is like, dude, you did this to yourself. And if you're going to stand there and try to deflect the fact that you came in at whatever you were, you know, 12 and how many games they play now, like 12 and five or some shit, you know, you're a 12 win season. You got a home playoff game against a six seed and you blow it. And you're just looking for a place to point the finger. One of the headlines at ESPN is, could Mike McCarthy be fired? I'd fire his ass right now. But, of course, it's Jerry Jones. <laughs> they don't know what the hell they're going to do. And and I just thought, you know, as much as last thing I'm saying is, I'm clearly on a rant here. You know, as much as I dislike Dallas, it's hard not to at least have a respect for Dak Prescott after what he went through and came back. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, as a Washington fan, dude, you watch Alex Smith and then Joe Theismann. You know, these are the three guys you've known that have got a leg snapped in half. And uh, Dak came back from it and the other two guys for all intents and purposes um you know alex smith did but not for very long you know you earned your respect a little bit and then to do that man it's just like you know you need to come out and apologize for that and just you know blame it on your emotions because that's just that's just poor sportsmanship it's it's bush league it's bullshit like you guys lost that game even if the referee uh was slow to get in and spot the ball because it didn't guarantee you anything and and you had so many other opportunities you know to stay in that game you blew it yeah, and listen, it's it's one thing to talk about the refs making mistakes, um, talking about, um, you know, the refs, they they didn't do a good job today. But to any time to condone throwing things or getting – could you imagine if um, they were throwing trash at Dak and hit him? Like, you oh, know, yeah. and the ref came out and said, oh, props to them. Yeah, they should have. That <laughs> I mean, the script on that would have <laughs> been – the amount of fire that those refs would have got, especially in Dallas. And you got to worry. I mean, there's some passionate fans out there. You never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And, you know, sleep. I love your rant. And I love, <laughs> I did not know you had this dislike for the Cowboys. Oh, God. You do. And uh, I absolutely love it. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to add, I'm going to add fuel to this fire. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. Dak, Dak Prescott, four years, 160 million. Demarcus Lawrence, five years, 105 million. Amari Cooper, Five years, a hundred million. They'll, they'll, those are the contracts you signed out. Those aren't contracts you give just to be, uh, just to make the playoffs. And then Ezekiel Elliott, six years, ninety mil. Tyron Smith, eight years, ninety-seven mil. Like these are these contracts you build. Like you don't, you don't give people this money to lose the first first round of the playoff game. Okay, you get there and you win. This is a contender. And if I'm if I'm Jerry Jones. This is unacceptable. I've paid guys. I've built a roster that you can uh, compete with and get to a Super Bowl with. And we've heard it all this. This is part of why people just can't stand the Cowboys is, boy, once they get decent, you you hear about it all year. You hear about how good, oh, this is our year, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. And if I'm Jerry Jones, I fire Mark McCarthy soon. And I make it, I make it, you know, make a clear cut. Hey, we're heading in a different direction. Um, and get it over with. And I don't bring anybody inside. You don't want anybody associated with that team right now uh, taking over. Uh, you bring in somebody that's had a lot of success. I'm not sure who's out there, but it, it'd be interesting. You go get that dude from uh, anybody who's smart that needs a coach and go get that dude from from the Dolphins. Um, I mean, I, I love, dude, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I'm trying, I'm clamoring over here to try to get Emmett Smith's stats next to Ezekiel Elliott. Because Cowboys fans think that that somehow Ezekiel Elliott and and dude he had a couple good years, but listen Ezekiel Elliott okay has had three okay he had a thousand two yards this year what a freaking dud okay and had seventeen games to do it so somehow he got a thousand yard season which gave him four in his in his six years. 
he's played almost every game now. And, and in fairness in um, 2017, Ezekiel Elliott only played in 10 games and had 983. So, you know, for the first four seasons, I mean, the guy was a stud. Okay. No doubt about it, mm-hmm. but what a disaster. I mean, last year he plays 15 games, 979 and six touchdowns. This year he's got a thousand yards in 17 games and 10 touchdowns. He doesn't contribute a ton. I mean, 300, 296 receiving, 284 receiving, um, a couple TDs each year. So, I mean, he's, he's accounting for eight and 12 touchdowns of the last year. I, dude, I don't know, man. Do you want to talk about the eye? I don't know how those stats compare. I'm sitting here looking at Emmett Smith, and my man was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven straight thousand yard seasons, followed by a season where he goes nine seventy five. Mm-hmm. Plays almost every damn game every single year. Dude's getting 12, 18, 9, 21, 25 rushing touchdowns, 12, 13, 11. I mean, <laughs> dude's an icon. Right. And I hate I hated him then. And, you know, these are these are like big boy numbers. Right. These are these are like Mm -hmm. I mean, he probably wasn't. Let's see. One year he rushed the ball three hundred and seventy seven times. And the year before he had rushed it three sixty eight. I mean, he would rush Ezekiel Elliott. The most he ever rushed the ball was his first year at three twenty two. I mean, the usage on on this guy is just it's laughable. Four point two yards of carry. Uh, I guess that's the exact same as. (laughs) <laughs> the exact same as Emmett Smith over the course of his career, roughly. But, you know, the point being is, is I just think, you know, to spend all that money on Elliott is, is stupid, man. I think as much as I like running backs, it's interesting because I hate that some of these guys don't get these big contracts that I honestly feel like they deserve, right? Because they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're hugely productive. But, dude, every time one of these running backs doesn't get that contract, everybody freaks out. And then what happens? That it turns out right. Like Todd Gurley's the best example, dude. That guy was a monster. And all of a sudden the Rams like didn't renew his contract and like he fell off the face of the earth. It's like Brent, you know, a lot of these guys, they, they I just thought the Rams gave him a hundred mil and I thought Le'Veon Bell held out and never really got paid. But you understand yeah, that paying running backs, you, you kind of, they just don't have the longevity because of the hits and the amount of, you know, Injuries that come with that position, in my opinion, that's that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I mean, it is a business decision. Yeah, they gave him this. So the so the Rams um, gave him four years, fifty seven million for Gurley. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they were you know he was looking for a hundred million dollar deal. And yeah. in fairness to the running back, is like <laughs> you damn well ought to be looking for a hundred million dollar deal. Um, I mean, Todd Gurley, this is unbelievable. Todd Gurley is 27 years old. He's had two ACLs, right? Yeah. I think he had one in college and then he had another mm-hmm. one. And um, but he had some so much production he, after he, one of them. Even even with those injuries, he was explosive and dynamic. But I mean, those that wears on the body, especially in that position. Um, he was he was great to watch. Dude, because Gurley had 1,300 yards in 17, and then he had 788 receiving i mean dude he was a monster um you know and and he played look he goes you want to talk about the acls but 16 he played all 16 games 17 he played 15 18 he played 14 19 he played 15 20 he played mm-hmm. played 15 17 and 18 they went to the playoffs um so i mean he was he was durable and then all of a sudden you know he just i don't think he played for anybody this year did he he might might still be on the foul i have no clue but it's just uh it's just crazy Didn't see him Dude's 27 years old, man. Um, so anyway, the 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 whole thing with Dallas, we got on a freaking tangent there, but Dallas sucks. And I'm glad <laughs> it couldn't happen to a to a better team. Another team that sucks is the Buck. I mean, not the Bucks, the Eagles. Um, take what I have, the hatred I have for Dallas, subtract it by about half a percent, and then you got the Eagles. And I hate the Eagles less for their team, which I also hate, but their fans just fucking suck no matter what. Philly fans are the worst in the world. Um, And the Eagles just gave them exactly what they deserve, and they just laid a friggin' egg. I mean, you knew they were going to lose to the Bucks, Mm -hmm. but holy shit, man, they look like they didn't even – they look like the Tar Heels out there trying to play defense. (laughs) Did you see any of that one? I did. I mean, it's tough for – 
I don't think Jalen Hurts is mm-hmm. carrying anybody to the Super Bowl. Um, they have they have good receivers. They have the guy from Alabama, number one pick. But no, they're, they they didn't meet the eye test. Sleep. There was probably better teams that didn't make the playoffs than the Eagles. I don't know what QBR uh, even a good one is, but twenty point one for Jalen Hurts. And I'm guessing is is uh, down there toward the bottom. I mean, Tom Brady, dude, it's amazing to me that that guy is just uh, – you talk about how young Todd Gurley is. I mean, Tom Brady's, what, 43 now? I mean, I get that that's the storyline. But, dude, this guy is just – like, he walked out there, and you could just tell his experience. Because, remember, dude, you got Giovanni Bernard. God bless him. He's a Tar Heel, but he's done, right? You got Keyshawn Vaughn, whoever the fuck that is. Um, and you got all these other guys. Only guy you've heard of is Mike Evans. And then Gronkowski's had more, you know, he's been hit on the head more times than Joe Lewis. And you got those guys is all you got out there. And and Brady makes it look like, you know, they're the freaking Rams greatest show on turf, man. I mean, just just dropping dimes into everybody, throwing touchdowns. And he just looked the whole time. He just looks so composed and like mm-hmm. not stressed out. Now, granted, that's easy to do when you're up 17 at halftime. Then you go up like, <laughs> I don't know what the hell. It was like 31 to nothing at one point, And Philly scored all their points late, which was bullshit because old D lies had uh, had a couple Eagles on his um, on his uh, whatever Fantasy. the hell you call it. Yeah, whatever that thing is where you you, you draft the guys in their one and done elimination pool. Yeah, I didn't it, like that. I didn't like that pool sleep. Was- yeah. Well, old sleep dog, Confuse buddy. Me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I got, uh, I'm in strong position there. But anyway, that that one we expected to see coming. So you got San Francisco moving on. You got the Bucks moving on. I don't think either one of those was necessarily um, a huge surprise. I think, I think the San Francisco thing, yeah, you can call that an upset. But that's probably the least of the upsets. The other game that I want to talk about is this Raiders Bengals, right? Because you got to kind of respect the Raiders for you know, what they were doing um, to, you know, to do everything they did with the whole Gruden mess and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And I don't know, you, Derek Carr is sort of gimmicky. Like he's along that Tebow line for me where it's like, I don't really know. He's like too much of this, you know, bullshit to really buy into it. But, um, but they're, they're an okay team. They're like hard not to, um, to pull for a little bit, but dude, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, man, what a brilliant, sort of idea to draft those two guys on the same team. I mean, dude, I remember, let's see, I can't remember who he threw the pass to burrow, but he threw one ball over the middle for like a 30 some yard completion. And bro, I don't think you could have literally taken a picture of the play at that point and taken a ruler and laid it on the field and drawn a line to like the only place the ball could go. And I mean, he mm-hmm. just dropped it in on a dime, dude. He, to me, then he gets in the presser. And he's got them dumbass glasses on. I don't like the Bengals sort of mentality. They're sort of arrogant, but holy shit, man. I think Joe Burrow is going to be great. And I think I, what I wanted to do was come on here and change my pick. Cause I said the Rams, I think I would go to the super. I literally have, picked, I think the Rams are going to lose tonight. Um, I think, dude, I would not be surprised at all if the Bengals wind up in the Super Bowl. Sleep, I'm going to tell you right now, the Bengals will not win another game. The Bengals are going to win, are going to lose next week. Uh, the eye test, the eye, you can chop it up and you can throw the algorithm out there and this is why they're going to win. But when it boils down to it and old T. Hands is watching the game, they just don't have the eye test. I just don't see it. They're, Joe Burrow's good as – he can throw some frozen ropes, and he looks good out there. But when he puts those glasses on in the presser, <laughs> doesn't look that good. Um, and I will tell you this too. I will tell you this too. I don't know who they play, but I'm about to tell you. He's a young quarterback, and he's going to be a great. He's going to be one of the great quarterbacks in the league. But they will not win another game. And uh, 49ers are going to Lambeau. That will be a great game to watch. 49ers will win in Lambeau. And you think the 49, you, you just, you just gave me this bold prediction that, that the Bengals can't possibly win and don't know who they're playing yet. And you think San Francisco is going to win at green Bay. San Francisco is going to win at Lambeau. Wow. Period. Wow. Uh, the Bengals Buddy, are going to lose. Aaron Rodgers will get both COVID shots and a booster before they lose to San Francisco at home. 
in the playoffs. Dude, unbelievable. No way. I can't wait to have this debate. We're putting this one up, and we're going to, like, literally fans here, we're going to see which side you're on, and I'm going to know that if you side with, with the big hawk here, that you're just literally such a lifer fan that you're you've like you're incapable of deducting reasonable um, outcome of a game. There's just no way. I would bet a billion dollars on on Green Bay in that game. There's no way they lose that game. 49ers have pieces. Well, they have, Green Bay's got they Aaron Rodgers. They have Kittle the had a mad. Oh, he had a good game last night. Holy shit! Glad I picked him in my draft king. Listen, Debo. Uh, Samuel's great, the best player in football right now, uh, outside of Tom Brady <laughs> and a few Rogers. other guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh man, no, I mean, I'm with you, dude. I, I think that will be an incredible game. I really do. I don't see that happening. Um, I don't see Green Bay losing that game. I guess it's 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 feasible, but very unlikely. The Bengals, see, here's the thing here. Is is don't think old sleep dog has been asleep at the wheel here. The Bengals now go to Tennessee. They're a three and a half point dog on the road, which means Vegas thinks that game's pretty much a toss-up. Derrick Henry, I get that they're getting him back, but he's been out for you know half the season. He's coming off of whatever the hell, like ACL tear or some shit. Okay. Um Tennessee was already like a wobbly one. I like Tennessee. I like those guys. I think. You know, um, I got nothing against. I'm not saying I think Tennessee is a bad team. I just think that they're, you know, if you're going to line up against somebody. So if if Pittsburgh somehow, by the grace of God, beats Kansas City, now the Bengals got to play Green Bay. Totally different story. I don't think Bengals go anywhere. But now what happens is they wind up uh, they wind up playing Tennessee. They win that one. Now, what do they wind up with? Uh, Buffalo, they play the winner of Buffalo, Kansas City. Yeah, that's how it would work, right? And I think now, and again, like if Kansas City, who's at home, beats Buffalo, I think that's better better for the Bengals. So I've actually thought this through as like, okay, their path to potentially get there requires other things to happen. I don't think the Bengals would have beat Green Bay. I think they can beat Tennessee. I don't think the Bengals beat Buffalo. I think they can beat Kansas City. Kansas City looked great against the Steelers, but Kansas City has not looked great down the stretch. And we talked about this last pod about which teams can you trust and which teams can you not trust. I think Kansas City is one of them. But Buffalo, buddy, you wind up playing Buffalo in the freezing ass cold, you're probably going to get your ass kicked. That's for sure. Um, They look real strong. Tampa looks real strong. And I think Green Bay is the other team that's going to be – you're going to be hard-pressed to convince me until they – run into Tampa. I mean, that, that seems just destined like Tampa green Bay to play each other. But anyway, man, I thought, I thought the Bengals played well. I think their defense, I think they're like hot at the right time. Um, you know, it'll be interesting for sure. The divisional round. Um, not sure what your thoughts are on what, all, everything I just splurged. Well, but. what you just, you just went all out there. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say, I'm going to say Buffalo is going to beat Kansas city. Um, yeah, I, Aaron, I meant uh, Mahomes just hasn't been Mahomes this year. And I right. get he's had a pretty good year, but I, I'm just not trusting him. And it's weird. He threw five touchdowns last night, but you still were kind of like, yeah, but you know, yeah, I know you get behind and, like that to somebody else. You're just not going to have that same sort of, I'm not totally sold there. Um, the Tennessee Bengals, I'm going Tennessee. I, I do like Tannehill. And I think that Henry coming back, if he can play and he's, um, 80, 85% of what he was, I think he's going to really help them. And I do think Tennessee has a good team, but tonight the Rams in LA, uh, that will be decided when this podcast comes out. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Rams and I'm not sure where the bucks would fall, but my Super Bowl prediction, uh, I'm not sure where I had the 49ers. I've got a lot of faith in them for some weird reason. Uh, everyone's been hyping them up. We'll see. I, I'm not totally sold on green Bay. I don't think they're I mean, under, I'm not, you know, underestimating Aaron Rodgers. I think he's an unbelievable player. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, Sleep. I'm, I'm That's intrigued. why you play him, buddy. I mean, yeah. it's just – it's like the thing about Green Bay, in my opinion, is like I'm never sold on them. Mm-hmm. But they're always there. They're always yeah. in the damn finals. And, and, and Brady and Rodgers, you got the whole storyline. It's weird how – I don't think the NFL fixes games per se, but, you know – 
It's good for the NFL. These guys are both in there, especially got uncertainty about Rodgers next year. You got uncertainty about, you know, Brady rides off into the sunset or does he just keep winning these things till he's till he's fucking 50? Um, I'm with you, man. I think Buffalo beats Kansas City. Buffalo, to me, looked like unbeatable in that game against uh, New England. And I, that, that opens up a whole other can of worms. You can go down with New England, just get throttled. And now you got to kind of look and see um, what your pieces are. I, I do think you can't judge them by, by that one game. Tonight, this game, to me, is the most uncertain of all of them. Uh, the Rams cards. And again, like you said, they'll know that one coming out. You think the Rams, I mean, I picked the Rams in the first pod to win the Super Bowl, but then I reserved the right to change my pick to the Bengals. Um, and then I reserved the right to just pick the Super Bowl when neither the Rams or the Bengals get there once we know who's in it. Um, I'm with you, man. I think I think the Rams are too good on defense. I think they'll they'll scheme out. Um, you know, McVay is incredible coach I think they scheme out something with all that talent they have you know to stop Kyler Murray they haven't had you know a huge production out of some of these big name receivers they have that you might expect so I do think the Rams are gonna um are gonna pull that out let's see what the spread is on that one before we before we leave it and head on I mean uh, power index a three and a half it's a toss-up too um so where's the game at the game is in LA in the dome which okay. they both play in a dome, so it doesn't matter. Um, Good weather, too. Cards, cards are 8-1 and one away, though. That's one of those weird stats, dude. They lost one road game this year. Um, J.J. Watt could could be coming back last night. They said that yep. on air. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, they got some they got some players, but you've got that defense on on, on on the Rams. If they if they show up, you know, and you can't trust Matt Ryan. I mean, uh, Stafford, he's, I think, what, never won, a, never won a playoff game, and they keep sticking that to him, but he's also never quarterbacked one, not on the line. So, uh, you know, I think he's got the weapons. I think they kind of get it done. And um, He's had know. a roller coaster year. Yeah. He, he came out and people thought he was going to be the MVP. Now they're questioning whether he can even win a game. You thought it's he was going to be the MVP also. Uh, Cooper Cup, <laughs> 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns. I mean, that guy's electric. I think he is the the difference maker here. You got um, Odell. You, know, you got Odell. Vaughn Miller. You got you Vaughn have, Miller. You got uh, – what's his face? Jalen um, Ramsey. Then you Ramsey. have uh, uh, Aaron Donald right in the middle, probably yeah. the best defensive player in football. I just think at a certain point, like the Rams just have too many weapons – to like lose the toss-up games, um, so we'll see. I mean, they're gonna have a damn. You'll be able to drive a. Uh, you wouldn't be able to drive a nail up either one of them's ass. You're gonna be so nervous because neither one of these teams have playoff pedigree. But um, yeah, dude, like we said, NFL full of storylines this this weekend. We don't even need to get in the joke of it shit because hey, listen, he ain't playing. So we'll uh, we'll talk about him later when he does. Anything else you got going on, Big Hawk? Before we get out of here. Stay safe. Stay safe.